Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Now we're studying, and, uh, and, and rightfully so, the subject of not just healing, but divine health. Because really, the evangelistic healing crusade is really not designed for the Christian, for the believer that walks in faith. I've said this many times. And there was a time in which a great healing anointing rested on us that does come from time to time still, and we're expecting in the days ahead that to increase. And in those days, you could have come to one of our meetings and been healed. You could have gone to one of Brother uh, Benny Hinn's uh, meeting. And be, there was another man that was really anointed uh, back in that day in the 90s named Christian Harfus. I don't know if any of you knew him or know who he is from Florida. Had a powerful healing ministry. Brother Kenneth Hagan was still alive until 2003. I was in many of his Holy Ghost meetings that turned into healing meetings. Lee and I witnessed an incredible healing of a woman that had a steel rod in her back and could not bend. And after being hands laid upon her up in the healing line, she was down doing toe touches that were impossible for her to do. It was absolute. She was screaming at the top of her lungs. Remember that? I still, to this day, I can still hear how she was screaming because God had healed her and relieved her of all of her pain. Amen. But see, you could have gone in those days, and I'm sure there's men today that are anointed. You could go to maybe one of their meetings. I've heard of a couple here recently that God's beginning to anoint, and the healing ministry is beginning to come back into the body of Christ the way it should be. Amen. But now listen, in each and every one of those meetings, you may or may not have gotten healed. May or may not have gotten. I sat in Brother Kenneth E. Hagin's meetings with uh, symptoms attacking my body and not been healed. But I've also sat in the meeting and been called out and healed. See what I'm saying? So, you know, I mean, you, know, you name it. You name, you name the, uh, the evangelist, Christopher Alam. You can travel to Africa. I said, man, I, I, I'm sick. I've been diagnosed. I'm going to go to Africa. Well, I, I'll stand with you. I'll believe God with you. That that healing anointing will, will, will get you what you need. I'll stand with you. But really, in reality, for the most part, you can be healed by the Word of God, no exception. It's not if you can. No, you will get healed if you go the Word's route. It's not the most comfortable route. You're not being delivered out of something. You're being delivered from it. Excuse me, you're not being delivered from it, you're being delivered out of it. You're having to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Anybody ever had to do it? Well, sure we have. Sure, there's been those types of fights of faith that take place. So, you know, even in this morning's message, I'd already had this message prepared for tonight. So, you know, I'm kind of dovetailing these together to show us the things that, what, that are hindering are keeping. One of the things we've been praying back in the prayer room, Holy, the Holy Spirit says of the Holy Ghost, His ministry as a comforter, as a strengthener, as a standby, as a counselor, as an intercessor, as a, as, a, as a standby, all of the different seven characteristics of the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Amen. As we pray and as we intercede back in that prayer room, many times, many times what it is, it's the wisdom of God or it's the anointing of God that's helping us to take perception or better to say this, take inventory of our own self. Because where the Holy Ghost really shines the light is light on us is in us. The greatest hindrance to revival in the earth is us. Your greatest hindrance to your healing is you. The devil can't take it. God's already given it. What's the problem? Pastor, I just ain't that simple. Yes, it is. That's why you're not walking in it. It is that simple. So today, uh, this morning we talked uh, about offense. And Paul Man, he just said, okay, you want to make... Because obviously there was pressure being put on Paul when he was at Corinth because he's the one that pioneered the Corinthian church. He's the daddy of that church. And these other guys are rolling in, high rolling, doing all this other kind of stuff. He's worried about their doctrine. He don't like their doctrine because he says earlier in the chapter, I fear. At least as Satan, as least as Satan, God leave. Amen. Well, he says, I'm God jealous over you with a godly jealousy, guys. Amen? So he's watching and he's looking and he's noticing how they're setting the stage for the church to come out of spirituality into the soulish realm. And brother, that's where you get in trouble. 
So he could see all the offense that began to take place, begin to happen. That's why he wrote the book of First and Second Corrections. Oh, I'm sorry, Corinthians. <laughs> but it is the book of First and Second Corrections. He corrects everything from the family to the gifts of the Spirit. Written, breathed by God, Bible correction. Why? Because God wants his body blessed and he wants it healed. And right in the middle of it, in a few moments in chapter 11, we're going to go over and read about the communion service. How in the communion service, you don't judge me, I don't judge you. We judge each other so we don't fall into a weakness that the church seems to be in that causes people to be sick and die prematurely. Amen. So we brought up the subject of offense and how people get offended. And how when you get offended, that is one of the number one blockages of the provision of God flowing. It just cuts off the flow. Now I'm going to show you why in just a moment. Because there is something unique to the covenant that we live in that you understand it very well for yourself or you would not be here. You say, what is that? The ability of God to forgive and forget your past and to have faith that God has done that. And then God requires us to do what? As he has forgiven us, we also forgive others. Now, Mark chapter 11, real quick, a couple of scriptures, then we'll receive communion. And we're believing God for healing, not just for whatever's ailing you, that God would affect a cure and a healing by His Word in you. Amen? But also, church, very seriously, very seriously, I, I didn't like what COVID did. And we ain't going to be unprepared for what's coming next. Now, I don't think we are if it comes tomorrow. You say, why? Because I've been, we've been praying, we've been speaking the Word, and we're going to start making that healing con confession even more in the, in the services ahead. You say, why? Because we got to have it, church. Yeah. we got to have the Word living in us yes. through confession and what's in our heart. we got to let our hearts feed our mouths faith. Yes. And then whatever rolls to us, we got to flip that switch, that glory switch, yeah. and we got to let our hearts feed our mouth faith, and we got to tell that thing, no. You're not coming into my body. You're not coming into my family's body. And you're not coming into our church. We're ready for you. Amen. Mark chapter 11. Very familiar. Verse 22. Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Better translation, Have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but saith, excuse me, but believeth those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Let me read that again. I got tongue-tied. For verily, verily, I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in their heart, but believeth what they saith shall come to pass. They shall have whatsoever they saith. You got it? Everybody shouts over that. Brother, that's the scripture there. You say, why? That's not Jesus saying, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going to let you all in on a little deity trick, how I do things. You know, I, I'm going to let you see this, but, you know, this is really nothing you guys can handle. This is way above your pay scale. That's not what he did. He said, have the God kind of faith. Or let, this is how we would say it today. Now, you operate in faith like your father does, like God does. Here's how God operates in faith. Whosoever shall stand on this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in their heart, but believe in those things which they say shall come to pass. They shall have whatsoever they say. Now that's a powerful truth. Is that true? Amen. Is that true? Yes. If that is true, then whosoever can have whatsoever they say, if they believe it in their heart and say it with their mouth. Amen. That is a what? That is a divine law. Then the next scripture. Notice what Jesus said. He says, therefore I say unto you, what things, so, what, things, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive, and you should what? Struggle to get it? Have to go through hell to get it? Got to go through the valley of the shadow of death to get it? Got to beat up 40 devils to get it? Got to cast out 90 devils to get it? It's not what it says. God is showing us here there should be an automatic of that which you believe in your heart, say with your mouth, and pray that thing should come to pass just like that. 
So Jesus knew there's stuff that hinders that. So he, listen to what he says in the next verse. Here's where we need to get to is here. He says, therefore I say unto you, what's the things you desire when you pray? Believe you receive them and you shall have them. And conjunction, tying them together. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought, if you have an offense, if somebody has wronged you, remember that big, deep definition I read you so you would know what offense is? And the word that stands out to me the most is the word apostasy, which is what? That is the apostasy is what? It is the kryptonite of the move of God if people allow it to operate in their lives. See, God wants us to identify it, not walk in it. He says, this is what it is. So you're going to have to do what? Now notice what he says. He says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, 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 that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Now we could go to Psalms 103. We won't need to do that for time's sake. We studied a couple of weeks ago how it says that he does what? He, he knows our frame. He knows we are weak. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is in me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not his benefits. Forgiveth all iniquity. He heals all diseases. You keep reading down through there. You get to the part where he does what? He knows our frame. He knows where. He forgives our iniquity. He removes our trespasses from us as far as the east is from the west. One translation says, from the sunrise to the sunset. Amen? But I like east from west better because that's a geographical Phenomena. Has anybody gone on the internet and found the answer to that one yet? Come on. Some of you guys are good on computer. Go find out. Why can you go north till you go south, but you can't go east till you go west? Tell me why. Tell me why. Do you know why? I do. I do. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you exactly why. And they'll never figure it out. You know why? Because God said it. <laughs> Could it be that simple? Because God said, I remove your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. So man looks at north and south and sees a continual carousel of sin and trespass that must be atoned for. But God sees east from west, which never connects because you can't go east till you start going west. Why? Because God said it. That's how far he has removed your sin from you. So guess what? In your walk of faith in your life, you're going to run into people from time to time that will offend you. And I mean, they might, you might get some bad offense. Somebody may beat you. That's offensive. Amen. But usually, you know, it's nothing like the Apostle Paul went through. I mean, you know, after that first couple of beatings, most of us are just, hey. <laughs> Amen. But God knows we're weak and he knows our frame. But I guess I'm at a, an advantage over most of you, not by gifting or talent or anything like that, but... The Bible says, to whom much is forgiven, much is required. And for me, much has been forgiven, so I understand it. So when somebody does something to you, somebody comes and steals from you, somebody lies to you, somebody sins against you, you have two choices. No matter how you may feel you have been violated by what someone says or does, it really doesn't matter. What setting it may be in, it doesn't matter. You're, 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 you have two choices. Whether to judge it, judge it, or forgive it. Now, if you choose to forgive it, you have to enter into the grace of God's forgiveness, and you've got to forget it. Wow. So if you forget it, 
you can't be offended. Why? Because you don't remember it. Now, automatically people hear things like that and think, now wait a minute. Because you think you have a right to an attitude, an opinion or something. In reality, you don't. Because of how you have been forgiven and how God has removed every trespass. Every trespasses are, are, are individual acts of breaking of the law. Amen? Iniquity, we've studied this, is the what? The motivation that's inherent in you to do it. Well, the iniquity has been removed. It's been cut out of you. You have been made a new creature. You have been recreated, regenerated, made alive. Made alive with the life and power of God. Therefore, God has also done that for other people. All around and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, not 17, but 16 says this. No, no man. That means no man, no woman after the flesh. Yet we knew Christ after the flesh, yet know we him no more. He's saying this comparison is so big, I'm going to throw Jesus in the middle of it. Then he follows that under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And in the body of Christ, where most of the controversy takes place and offense runs through ministries and churches and through people, it's through the communication of the offense that took place so that others can share in the trauma of it. That's why Facebook and and Twitter and all the social media is so valuable to the devil. Lee and I don't have any of it. <laughs> Amen. I can barely text. I can't, I don't know how to send an email. I can read one now. They showed me how to read one. But that's, that's, that's just, you know, bear with me in my folly. Because as deception can be layered, so can unforgiveness. And it can begin in you. And you don't even know it's there because it has been put in you. There's all kinds of ways unforgiveness can get into you. One of the ways is through your family. Now, my dad's side of the family, they were all pretty cool. But my mom's side, they were all crazy. Bless their hearts. You know where we get it from. And they got messed up spiritually. That's why. My great-grandfather was a powerful man of God. He was a Methodist that received the baptism in the Holy Ghost and got excommunicated, got kicked out of the Methodist church. We were at a, 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 a funeral, at Dickie's funeral, a couple of years ago, and they had the, uh, that's my cousin, I had a first cousin that passed, and we were at the reception at the first Methodist church of Ganada, Texas. I'm standing in front, I got a picture, a picture of it on my phone. My, grand, my great-grandfather built that church. He built that church. It still stands. People still attend that church today. Well, he had five sons. And they were big, 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 big. They all looked like Brother Allen could be one of, those, one of those handsome boys. And they were big and they were mean. And, they, and that whole town and that whole area, they, they mocked Abner Hansen. They mocked him. They mocked him when they'd go to town in Grenada and call him a tongue talker and do all that kind of stuff. And he just walked in love. And my great-grandmother, she's a Holy Ghost woman, but I'm going to tell you, my, grandpa, my grandfather and my great-uncles, honey, woo! They lived in hell. Alan, their whole lives, bitter, unforgiven, offended. Oh, my God. Mean. And God puts my little grandma right in the middle of that intercessor, full of the Holy Ghost. That's why I probably didn't we all kill each other. But they died horrible deaths. They lived horrible lives. We were a witness to that. We saw that. Played out in my grandfather had the call of God upon him. And many times he would, we would always, we we yield to the, you know, the family structure. Grandpa's sitting at the head of the table. He's going to pray at Christmas time. He's going to pray at Thanksgiving. We, you know, we lean to him. We all bow our heads. 30 seconds ago, by a minute ago, by my right, Alan? And then we'd hear that big sob every time. <laughs> he never could even pray. Couldn't even pray over the meal. Bitterness. Offense. 
sin. If you could smell it, it'd make you throw up. It's tore up churches, families, marriages. It's the blight that the enemy has put upon this earth. He did it to the woman in the garden. An offense always brings you into dissatisfaction. An offense always sparks anger. Always. But we're dealing with your physical health. And physically, there are stresses you should not be under. Listen to me. You need to be at peace with all men. I don't need to know who beat you up. And neither does your neighbor. Amen? And you don't need to partake in somebody else's sin by letting them tell you about them getting beat up. Can I get a better amen than that? There shouldn't be two stories, two sides to every story in your life. I ought to get a better amen than that. There shouldn't be two sides to every story. To every story. There ought to be one side. One side that you stand on that side, and no matter who has harmed you, who has wronged you, if you've got to cry out to God and say, God, forgive them for my sake first, because I can't do it, but I'm going to stick with you till you give me the grace to forgive them, then you do it and you stick to the with them, stick with them till you get that grace and you forgive them. Whether it be some old husband that beat you or some old wife that left you, or whoever it may be that did that to you, you've got to purge yourself of that. Because it is a magnet in your life. And every occasion the enemy can find for offense, he'll try to stick it to you. I watch preachers get offended. It blows me away. It just, it just, it just blows me away. Because most of the time it's over the silliest little things. The rest of the time it's over money. I could care less about money. I've seen it come, seen it go, seen it flow, seen it stop. Doesn't matter to me. Money's just a tool. It is not my master. But you'd be surprised how many people it is their master. We've got to humble ourselves. Christ-like nature in us, which ministers humility. And listen to this. I'm going to close with this. And this is how I'm going to pray for us tonight. And a grace. People that are Walking in faith and living for the Lord. I was around people like Brother and Sister Goodwin. I was around people like Brother and Sister Hagen. I was around people like John and Dodie Osteen. You didn't come up to them and say things to them and, and say, you know, I'm having a problem. They were like, what? You're what? Well, haven't you? I remember Brother Osteen, I, I was walking with him one time and somebody stopped him and started talking to him. And he said two or three things and I could tell it was going to get weird. And Brother Osteen just looked at him and said, don't you read the Bible? Turned around, walked off. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going with him, you know. <laughs> because see, if you really do, you study it. You study the word. You live in the word. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You live for Jesus. Jesus lives in you. Amen. 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 That way your perspective changed and that blockage it's amazing how when you get that all out of your life, and the best way to begin the process is just to ask God, say, Lord, I give you permission to turn a light on inside of me, especially if you get offended a lot. You say, why? Because the problem with getting offended a lot is there's a lot more coming. It's like if someone made you eat raw oysters. I mean, they're all right, but... If they made you eat a bunch, or if they made you chew it. <laughs> there are some things you don't want to have to chew and swallow. Amen? Like pride. Amen. And other areas of your life. Because God will chisel at our character and chisel at our character and chisel at our character till we become what I talk about unoffendable, no matter what anybody says. Amen. And we still keep our joy. I just thought about something somebody said about me one time. I just Every time I think about it, I just laugh. It makes the devil mad. Hey, I've had some books written about me, honey. I've been mentioned in a few books. You say, why? Oh, I'm a terrible person. I'm telling you, you know. You can't listen to your press. 
You can't do that. You got to see yourself in the light of the Word of God. Amen. And for every person that's ever said anything to me against me, I just tell them I love you, I forgive you, and I'm not going to carry the load you're trying to put on me. Be blessed. Woo! I'm telling you, if they got the right heart, it just frees them. If they don't, they get a little heavier. Amen. That's all it is. It's so easy to live for God. It's not hard because it's not technical. You say, what do you mean? Well, you don't have to remember. Now, who did I say that to? And who did I say this to? And who did I say that to? And who I, well, you know, I've learned it's best sometimes to just go and order you a goose calling tape. <laughs> and learn how to talk like a Canada goose. Amen. You say why? Yeah, demonstrate. You say why? Why? Well, one thing, you know, I've listened to those old birds for years, and none of them's ever flown up to me and say, you know, you're just stupid. All they say is quack and honk. That's all they got, man. That's all they got is quack and honk. And you know, I think that's pretty good. When you get to the place in your life, I think I might write a book called Where All You Have is Quack and Honk. For everything in life, you either go quack or honk, you know? <laughs> we might could start a cult like that. You never know. So that's some crazy quack and honk people, man. <laughs> We're the only one. Listen, church. And I'll, we'll close and receive communion. They don't, they don't communicate with words. It's all in, inflections and different notes, and it's almost like learning to play a musical instrument. It's a readed call, so it's like, what would it be, a clarinet or, or saxophone or something like that. You learn to do things with your hands and different things like that. But you know, they, they can't lie against one another. Or they can't slander each other. They can't make up a false story about one another. They don't have a language. They have a, 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 they have a vocabulary of, 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 of sounds they make. They're all unique to their feeding, to their roosting, and also to their, to their, to their caution. If they see something that's, that's dangerous, they make a sound over that. But see, the human being, this is what makes us so unique, because we think it's only words. Oh, no, 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 no. Your words carry so much more than a sound. Yeah. Your words set the atmosphere of where you live. Your words do. Brother, Brother Frank, go to the, the keyboard, if you will. Thank you, sir. Your words set the atmosphere of where you live. And I, I, don't, mean, I don't mean just, you know, what you I mean everywhere you go, everything that you are, the atmosphere around you. Words carry feelings with them. There are certain words that I could say to you that could produce certain emotions or feelings. Do you understand that? Now, that's, that's a level of communication I don't really think we've thought about. I could say things to you that could greatly discourage you. I could say things that would greatly alarm you. I could say things that would greatly bless you. And I'll say, here, here's $10,000. Yahoo! You know? Those words have that power. That's why the psalmist wrote... That's why Solomon wrote, after his daddy, the psalmist wrote in Psalm, hey, life and death are what? In the power of the tongue. You can speak life or you can speak death. Death. I've watched words change a person as words were spoke to them. Change them literally to the point they had to be taken to the hospital. I've seen it. Literally seen it happen. Discouraging, disheartening words, one after another after another to the person they were being said to, crumbled on the ground, had to be taken to the hospital words. That's how powerful they are. That's why you use your words. Now let me say this. This will help. You say, well, pastor, there's a lot of people in my life. I guess I could, I guess I could forgive them, I guess. But you know, I really don't feel it's my responsibility to initiate anything because I'm a victim. You're hooked. If you know of anything in your life that is an offense where someone has offended you, harmed you, caused you to stumble or fall in any way, and you don't initiate healing, you're wrong. You're wrong. No matter what you've got to do, publicly or privately, 
to make that and affect that healing. If you know to do it and don't, that is a sin. You are breaking the law of God. I want, to, I want you healed. I don't want to come to your hospital room. I don't want to preach your funeral. I don't want you coming to mine. So I have to obey God and teach and preach on these things. So you'll know how to keep yourself healthy. And there won't be that, 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 that stress level. Your mind will be at peace because it's garrisoned by the Word of God. Your heart will be at peace. Amen? Because you know you're right with all people. As far as you know, around the world, anybody. I don't know if anybody in my mind's eye, anybody, living or dead, that I could not say to them, I love you, and God loves you, and Jesus loves you. And if there's ever anything between us, please forgive me. And if it's on your part, I forgive you, no matter what it is. No matter what it is. It's too valuable to me. It's too important to me to be close to him. So sometimes I have to humble myself, even publicly. But the good thing is, once you're clean, you can help others get clean. Once you're right, you can help others get right. The first, I've never told this story. Can I do this? This, I know we're already, that'll keep back there. It's just, I've never told this story. When I went to Oklahoma in 1984 in April, I uh, went to Jim Shoulders Rodeo School trying to gear up to go back and start a rodeo career. And ended up in Brother Hagen's prayer seminar at night. Started going on Monday night. Saturday night, I was there till midnight. And then I had to leave at midnight because I had checked out of my hotel room and I was going to try and make it, make it back home. About 10 o'clock that night, the glory of God fell. And that auditorium is about 3,000 people in there. And I mean, it fell. Now, you got to understand, I was less than a month back to the Lord. Now, I'd been in meetings all week, and there had been tongues and interpretation of tongues. There had been some moves of the Spirit. I met uh, Clint Utterbach, Clint and Sarah Utterbach, I met there. They were so nice to me, so kind to me. Wonderful pastors from Hackensack, New Jersey. And right in the middle of this glorious move of God, Brother Hagin stopped everything. And he got up and this is what he said. He said, tonight, God has restored my ministry. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking. And then he began to tell about these years in which he had been arguing with God about another move of God that God wanted him to be a part of, but he didn't want to be a part of it. He wanted to go to heaven. And God said, no, I want you to be a part of this move. See, he knew what it took. He wanted the younger boys to do that. But God knew it would take him. So that was in, that was in 1985. He didn't go to heaven until 2003. In his mid-80s. So he stayed for that. And we were in some of those glorious, my goodness, when we were in St. Louis. Oh, my goodness. But I was amazed when he said, the Lord is restoring my ministry. I thought, well, what have you been doing? How did you build all this? Well, that's, see, I was just back to the Lord. I didn't understand what he was saying. But what he got up and he began to talk about, he began to talk about this argument with God and how, how he wanted to do this and that, but God wanted him to do this and that. And how even a man of that stature even had resistance in him. A place in him of resistance. But God knew he could count on him because he was a faithful man. That's why God sometimes doesn't back off of you. He won't back off of you. Church is designed to put pressure upon your love walk. Did you know that? Because it's the pressure upon your love walk that grows your heart and grows your character. Because for the sake of love, you forgive. For the sake of love, God forgave. For God so loved the world, He gave so that He could forgive. Did you get that? God forgave. It's total. He's not going to get you in heaven and pull you off the side and say, you know, I know, but I did remember this. Well, if he'd do that to anybody, do that to me. But he ain't going to do that because he don't know. And you can't do that because you don't know. 
What did brother so-and-so do to you? I don't know. Well, I thought three weeks ago you guys were about to go to blows in the parking lot. Really? I'd forgotten all about that. Well, let me remind you. No, that's okay. See what I'm saying? Well, didn't brother so-and-so say? No, I don't know. I ain't got a clue. You say, now, if you say that and remember it, that's a lie. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how the devil worked on your mind? Isn't that amazing? How can it be a lie when you're operating in truth? And by faith, you're saying, I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. And the, well, the first thing the devil's going to do, you still remember, see? And he'll bring it up in your mouth. You still remember. See, you're a liar. Liar, liar, pants off. Well, who's telling you that? Is that the Holy Ghost telling you? That's the devil telling you. He is the accuser of the brethren. And most people go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And just fall right into the trap. Lift your hands and worship God. We'll quit meddling with you. Thank you, Lord, for your great mercy and grace upon us. Now, Lord, we prepare our hearts to receive communion. And before we do, Father, we obey the scripture that we're fixing to read. It says to examine ourselves so that we will not be condemned of the Lord. So, Father, right now, for this momentary time in your presence, we don't look at the person to the right or the left or in front or behind or the person in the pulpit. We look at the person sitting in the seat that we're sitting in. We judge ourselves on our love walk. We judge ourselves on our forgiveness. We judge ourselves on our willingness to have grace upon us so we can give grace to others. Thank you, Father. Thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, one more time, real quick. Does everybody have a communion, a little host in the top, a little juice in the bottom? Anybody need it? Raise your hand real quick if you need it. Ushers can get it to you real quick. Good. Carefully, if you will, take the top off of the host, which is the bread on top. Kind of pour it into the palm of your hand there. Let me get over to the Bible. I'll read the scripture. There in 1 Corinthians 11. You love the Lord tonight? Does that help you? Now listen to me. Your occasion for offense is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. You say, why? The, the devil is the origin of offense. He is an offensive being. Amen. And he's loosed upon this. Look at the government. Is there anyone offended in the government? Unbelievable. The level of what? Now look. Oh, could we get off on that? The level of what? Deception? Layers of deception? What comes out of that? All that offense. No, we don't have to be like that. Now, look, look at 1 Corinthians 11. You don't have to turn it. I'll turn it and read it. Praise God. I found my new big Bible. I didn't realize I'd marked it up so much. Remember, you have one of two things. Anybody know? Tore up Bible or tore up life. Everybody say, tore up Bible. Take the bread in your hand. It says in verse 23, For I received of the Lord that which I saw also delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. If you can, just kind of break it between your fingers there carefully. And he said, take, eat. One translation says, partake of it. This is my body which is broken. These, uh, these, these uh, next two words ought to, ought to touch your heart. For you. For you. Everybody say, for me. This do ye in remembrance of me. Now, the broken body. John the Revelator wrote, for this reason was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil, the evil one. The enemy's foundation for his activity is the iniquity in the heart of man. Out of it comes all the evil of war, hate, prejudice, sickness, disease, and all the evil things man chooses to do to himself. 
War is one of the worst examples of the devil in which men and even women do unspeakable things to people and property. But Jesus bore that. He bore that. Why? So we don't have to bear it. And everything from the, from the wars, the rumors of wars, the prejudice, the hate, to the, to the thing he attacks your life with, the disease, the doubt that tries to come to your mind, the depression that tries to settle down upon you, the attack against your finances, those, those temporary setbacks and delays of the adversary trying to stop you from entering into a destiny that's of God that only God can give you. Hallelujah. Jesus allowed his body to be broken so that he could regain the authority over the one doing that to you. So that you could take that authority and change your life with it. His body is broken so that you might be freed. Jesus said, this do ye in remembrance. Remember what I did. Remember the price that I paid. Don't fall into the comfort of apathy and complacency. It's a challenge to serve God. To humble yourself. To let God have a work on the inside of you. To even surprise yourself from time to time when you think, I would have never done that. Or I would have never said that. Proof of the demonstrated defeat of Satan in your life. God wants to commune with you, talk with you, heal you, and make you whole. And he destroyed the devil to do it. And tonight we celebrate that victory by celebrating the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can receive of the bread. What can be said about the blood? Let me say this. If you struggle with forgiveness in any area, let me say this. The blood of Jesus stands behind your forgiving heart. If your heart's not forgiving, where's the blood? I want the blood in my life everywhere. I want the blood in my heart, my body, my finances, my wife, my child, my dogs, my property, my church, my friends. The blood. Everybody say the blood. blood. The blood was offered seven times. Excuse me. The blood was shed seven times. From the garden to the crown of thorns to the nails, his hands and feet, to the sweating of the great drops of blood within the garden, to the bruising, which is the inward bleeding, bruising, wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The blood flowed all day during the crucifixion. The blood flowed, and the blood flowed, and the blood flowed till there was no more blood to flow. Jesus died crying. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the reason God forsook him is because that God had to forgive you. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And he allowed, the Bible says it pleased him to bruise him. But he allowed him to bleed. And he allowed the blood to flow so that you and I could be forgiven of God and so that we could forgive one another. Amen. Carefully, if you will, remove your seal on the top of the juice. Parents, you might want to help your kids if it's, could be a little difficult, but it's, it's pretty easy. Praise God. We've got a good, good broke-in church, so a little grape juice won't hurt it. Amen. You ever had something good and broke-in? We've got a good broke-in church. The blood of Jesus purchased the church. You're sitting in something the blood purchased. You're breathing the air conditioning of something the blood purchased. Do you know that? Amen. Amen. The sound system was purchased by the blood. Glory to God. Our salvation. The church. Shed seven, offered once. Hebrews chapter 9. Not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by his own blood and any once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us.
blood of Jesus. So tonight, as we receive of the cup in just a moment, make a decision that your life will not violate the blood, but you'll receive forgiveness and never walk in guilt or condemnation. I said you'll receive forgiveness and never walk in condemnation. And you'll always walk in forgiveness and never condemn anyone else or cause them to be guilty on your behalf for any reason. Woo! I'm going to try that later, amen? Heavenly Father, what can we say? No wealth, no precious stone, no amount of gold, no political position, no place of power on this earth can come close to the value of this blood. We reverence it. We call it holy. We call it righteous. We call it active, alive, and living. And it, for us, has removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. And for everyone in our lives that has violated or sinned against us, in whom offense could have come, we cry because of the blood. We forgive. We forgive. We forgive. And we cast it into our own sea of forgetfulness, never to remember it against them again because of the blood. You may receive of the cup in Jesus' name. Now, quickly, out loud, say this. Heavenly Father, thank you. Jesus, you're my Savior. You're my healer. You were wounded for my transgressions. You were bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon you. By your stripes, by your stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Father. You bless my bread and water. You take all sickness and symptoms from the midst of me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. My food is sanctified by the Word of God and prayer. If I drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm me. I'm not afraid of what they may put in the food. I'm not afraid of what they may put in the water. I'm not afraid of what may be in the air. For I'm sanctified. I'm set apart by the Master for healing and health in the day in which I live. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you said you'd never leave me. You'd never forsake me. You'd be with me always even until the end of the days. Thank you for that medical grace upon my life. I believe it. I receive it. I declare it. Thank you, Father. You've not given me spirit of fear, but of power, love, a sound mind. Thank you, Lord. I'm not subject to depression. Thank you, Lord. The Word of God is a garrison about my mind. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You've not given me a spirit of fear, of power love, sound mind. No evil befalls me. No plague comes nigh me. Angels have charge over me. I've been delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. The law, the law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. And the same spirit Oh, glory to God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it abides, it dwells, it lives in me, it quickens, it makes alive my mortal body. Therefore, I declare from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, body, listen to me. You are the healed of God. You are the healed of God. I am healed of God. And with long life, long life, strength and health, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. Amen? Oh, come on. Somebody ought to shout. That word ought to be working in you. I said that word ought to be working in you. I said that word ought to be working in you. Just think of it. The resurrection power not through religious, you know, maybe or theory. No, in reality, the same spirit 
that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, quickens, makes alive your mortal body. Wow. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your blessing. We declare our healing. We declare our health. And we declare our resistance against that which is and that which will be. We extend our faith, for our faith is spiritual. And the barriers of time and distance do not affect it. Therefore, from Island Church in Galveston to wherever on this planet, evil men or a wicked devil releases an epidemic or a pandemic, immediately when you're released, you will bump up against faith from Island Church, Galveston, Texas, calling you defeated, calling you empty, calling you under the feet of the body of Christ, calling you down and saying unto you, the blood of Jesus is against you. Hallelujah. Father, we leave tonight claiming Psalms 91. Our loved ones that are traveling tomorrow, we thank you. No evil befalls them. No plague comes nigh. The highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways. Other families that are traveling. Ministers, friends, loved ones. Thank you, Father. All of our brothers and sisters, righteous labor of their hands. Thank you, Lord. No accidents, no trauma, no tra None of those assignments. <laughs> None of those assignments. I had to turn around. They all had to turn around. Had to turn around. I said they had to turn around. They had, Jesus told them they had to turn around. Woo, glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Lift your hands and just thank you. <laughs> glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. In love toward one another, we love our church. Father, we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, that here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, powered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.